The Baltimore Ravens can take over the AFC this year. We talk about that. Preview their week one game against the Houston Texans and so much more coming up next year on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Ravens podcast for your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Allstriker of Ravens Wire here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here, making us your first listen each and every day here on Locked On Ravens. Free and available, as always, all podcasting platforms, including over in video form on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use code all lowercase LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And welcome into a Purple Friday, a real Purple Friday. Every Friday, I guess, could be Purple Friday, but the real ones are when the Ravens have a game, whether it is Sunday, Monday, Thursdays wouldn't really count, but the Ravens have a regular season game week one against the Houston Texans coming up. We'll be previewing that in the second part of the show and kind of going through our regular Friday routine, except we are going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to move the actual previews because we talk about the previews on Thursdays with crossover Thursdays. I want to still get into like my own type of preview and we have guests on. We'll do that as well, but I do want to do a big other story point in the first part of the show before moving into those previews. So today is going to be why the Ravens can own the AFC and take over the AFC this year. Then obviously we'll get into the Ravens Texans preview, talking about Houston, who they added and what it will look like against the Ravens, or at least what I think it will look like and how the Ravens can get off to a strong start. As we kind of talk a little bit about, Yesterday, then on the final part of the show, we're going to do Baltimore season predictions, but more so players. We've talked about records and playoffs and everything, but I haven't gotten too much into the actual players. So we'll get into that in the final part of the show here. There's a lot to get into today, but I did promise a special announcement. So I'll do that in the first part and I'll, I'll remind people in the third part. We're starting up on subtext. I'm, I'm, it's out. I will put the link to the subtext in the description below. What it's going to be is essentially exclusive content for me. We're going to move mailbags over to subtext. It'll be text because essentially what it is, is, it's a text from me. I put it out to everyone, but it's a text that you get from me. It comes straight to your phone and we can have conversations on those texts. Sometimes on Twitter, either you're not on Twitter to see news. I would give you that news in a text or It'll be just stuff I'm thinking about, either whether it's offseason moves, game tweets. I'll be tweeting out well, tweeting out stuff on Twitter, but also I'll be putting it in subtext text. So if you want to support me, support my work, support the show, I'll put the link down there. You can sign up for that. It, it, it is a small amount, but it, it would go a long way. So I know we're going to gain some subscribers and do some stuff with that as well. So just a, a little nice added thing where – it's more of a way for me to engage with people because I love engaging with the listeners and the watchers who go so far to watch my content. It, it means a lot to me. But again, on Twitter, I, I don't ignore people. It's just hard for me to go through every single thing and respond every single time. This will give me more one-on-one -on -one time. If you do choose to subscribe to the subtext, it'll give me more one-on-one -on -one time for us to have actual conversations instead of getting lost in the notifications that I get on a daily basis. So I'll, I'll explain more in the third part of the show and, and over the course of 
you know, the next mo couple months and we're going to keep it going. So it'll be exciting. But that was the announcement. So if, if you want to subscribe to that again, link will be in the channel notes below. It'll also I'll put out a tweet on Twitter. If you want to go there, click on the link, sign up. You'll get exclusive texts from me and we can have conversations and a bunch more content as well, as I mentioned, such as mailbags. But enough of that. Let's get into why the Ravens can own the AFC. There's a lot to like about the Ravens this season. We've kind of talked about it on preview shows throughout the course of this week in the past couple of months. And I think the Ravens have as good of a shot as anybody. And look, we saw the opening game in the NFL season happen last night. The Kansas City Chiefs actually fell to the Detroit Lions in a game that many people expected the Lions to not win, the Chiefs to come in on their, their Super Bowl night and go out there and, and beat the Lions. But the Lions... Played spoiler, played upset. Now, I think it's a little, I don't think we should overreact, right? The Chiefs did not have Travis Kelsey. Chris Jones also was not on the field for the Chiefs. So that's a different Chiefs team. But the, the Chiefs wide receivers out there were looking like wide receiver rooms of Ravens past. I, I tweeted out the, the graphic of the top four wide receivers once everybody got injured last year. Demarcus Robinson, Deshaun Jackson, Sammy Watkins, James Prochet. And Demarcus Robinson had some moments, but in reality, it's hard for any quarterbacks to go out there and win without multiple threats. Kansas City has Travis Kelsey. The Ravens had Mark Andrews. And it's not a conversation about where, where we'll rank those guys. That's a different conversation. I have Kelsey one Andrews too. But I think that for what Baltimore is right now, they have a better wide receiver group than the Chiefs by a long margin. And I think that it's just depth up and down because you look at who the top teams in the AFC should be, should be Kansas city, should be Cincinnati, who by the way, just signed Joe Burrow to a massive contract extension. So Jalen hurts gets his Lamar gets his Justin Herbert gets his Joe Burrow gets his crazy offseason for quarterbacks, but also Buffalo in that conversation as well. Those are my top four. I think that the Ravens have a lot of questions as do any other team, but I think those questions can be answered pretty easily. Like I don't think it's going to take a, a ton for the Ravens to answer most of their questions. The glaring ones we talked about earlier in the week, I would probably say is the pass rush in the corner room. But other than that, it's like, Oh, well, what's the Todd Munkin offense going to look like? How is Lamar Jackson going to look with, with a free idea of what the offense can be and a free idea of what he wants to do and actually executing that. That to me, that stuff is going to be, oh, we're going to have to wait a couple weeks or a month to, or however long it takes. I wouldn't expect it to be super long to get everybody fully acclimated. But I feel like Lamar is going to thrive in this offense. I feel like Odell Beckham is going to also thrive. And he, by the way, was added to the injury report with an ankle injury. I don't think there's there's too much to look into that with. He himself <laughs> took to Twitter and did a little subtweeting. And so I don't, I'm not worried about that. But to me... I think the Chiefs have some questions in terms of defensive consistency and, and offensive. I don't want to say efficiency because Patrick Mahomes, I mean, look, we have to respect him. He, in my opinion, is the best quarterback in the NFL. And I think that while Lamar is great, Jalen Hurts is great, Joe Burrow is great, Josh Allen is great, we have to give respect to what Patrick Mahomes has done. To me, though, the Chiefs have a couple questions. The Bengals, I think, they, they are a team that the offense, we know what it is. But they have a couple of, how is the new offensive line going to look? You know, year two of Ted Karras in there kind of anchoring the line. And obviously that they brought in a couple other pieces, namely Orlando Brown Jr., who they brought over from Kansas City. But I still think that on the defensive side of the ball, without Jesse Bates there, that they're starting two new safeties without Jesse Bates and Von Bell. How is that going to look? And their pass rush outside of Trey Henderson, can, can Joseph Osai take another leap? Hendrickson's great, but what about that? 
on the interior for them. CJ Reader's a beast. He's one of my favorite interior defensive linemen. But who else? It's almost like a who else thing. I think the Bengals have a really solid inside linebacker group with Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt. Corner-wise, they're going to be relying on Cam Taylor-Britton, obviously, Jadobi Awuzie. So I think Cincinnati has less questions. And you look at Buffalo, and I think they have the least questions. For them, it's just like, what's been going on? It feels like they should have been going further than they have. They haven't really had a ton of crazy injuries. I know Von Miller had his thing, and that's huge. I guess last year, actually, I take that back. Because last year, Jordan Poyer missed time. Micah Hyde missed time. Tredavious White missed So I take that back about the injury on the defensive side of the ball. Excuse me for that. But I think with the way that the Bills are, there's always to find digs drop. It's just, it's weird that they haven't gone further than they have. Maybe a fully healthy season, you know, once Von Miller comes back and Omega High's dealing with something, it just feels like to me, Baltimore has the least amount of questions. Not saying again, they don't have any, but I feel like I put Baltimore up against Kansas City and Cincinnati and Buffalo. And I feel pretty good. Like, I'm not saying it's 40-point blowouts, but I feel pretty good overall. I'd probably say if Baltimore had to play those three teams back-to-back-to-back, I'd probably say they'd go 2-1. and I think they'd probably beat – who do I think they'd beat? I think they'd beat Cincinnati because I I have Baltimore sweeping Cincinnati actually this season. I think the Ravens have almost built their their defense for them. But I would – out of Kansas City and Buffalo, I'll say they beat Kansas City. I'll say they beat Kansas City because I feel like the Chiefs' weird wide receiver room and the Ravens' weird corner room kind of are a push. Like, they, they kind of push out each other. So then it's like, all right, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews are going to eat against, you know, a defense, both defenses. But I feel like the Ravens' defense is better than Kansas City's. And I feel like the Ravens' offense, even though Pasha Mahomes is over there and Travis Kelsey is over there, it's, it's a who else thing. The Ravens have had to deal with that question, by the way where I saw all of the all the tweets and the statuses about, oh, well, Patrick Mahomes has no one to throw to, and poor Patrick Mahomes, and uh, Mahomes needs help. and But when Lamar had it for four seasons before this, it was, oh, well, it's Lamar's fault. Lamar has to do this. It doesn't matter who he's throwing to, but, but it matters who Mahomes is throwing to. Right? So that, it's ridiculous, first of all. But I would say the Ravens have a shot here. I think they can definitely own the AFC this season. I'm not saying they're going to go 17 and 0. I'm not saying they're going to have this crazy record, but I think when it comes to a very talented conference, one team's going to have to be the number one seed. One team's going to have a great year and then, you know, maybe have a really good record. We're going to see probably a lot of those 13, 12, 11, 10 win teams, but I feel like the Ravens with their schedule this season, they're not playing a, a gauntlet first place schedule. I think they have a shot to, to go out there and do really well in a conference that's going to be uber competitive this season coming up in the second part of the show though we'll be diving into our ravens and texans preview talking about houston who they've added how they match up with the ravens and obviously how the ravens match up with houston so be sure to stay tuned plan to get to unlocked on ravens but first this episode is brought to you by Nutrafol, and you don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health i know some people feel like they have to Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair there's No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. And sometimes men do think losing their hair is inevitable and it's just going to come one day and there's nothing they can do to stop it. But you can take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for men. As you know, 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime. It is normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. And if you're tired of weakening or thinning hair, do you want to reach your full hair potential? Leading hair growth supplement Nutrafol helps you improve your hair growth 
visible thickness, and a visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement. Clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated natural science-backed ingredients. And go to Nutrafol.com slash men to take their hair health wellness quiz. Identify causes of your thinning hair and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. And it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutrafol's men hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash manage the promo code locked on NFL. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash manage the promo code locked on NFL. That's Nutrafol.com slash men promo code locked on NFL. We're back here. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker still here with you talking Ravens football and the Ravens will go up against the Houston Texans in week one. It is Purple Friday, as I talked about a real one, because they have a football game to play. And I think for a lot of people, this is a game on the Ravens calendar, on their schedule that Plenty of is a win for a lot of people, but we, we should still preview it because not every game is going to be easy and there's no easy win in the NFL. And I'm not saying, oh yeah, the Ravens 100% are going to do this or that because I don't want to get burned. <laughs> like anything can happen in this league. The Ravens know that they got to go out there and play hard, but maybe compared to some of their other matchups this season, this one might look like one of the easier ones. Now, Houston is one of two teams for me who are not going to be in AFC playoff contention this year. They're Super Bowl contenders, they're playoff contenders in terms of maybe wild card spots and whatnot. But for Houston, I think that look, they're they're built, I think they're building something, but they're gonna need a few years to build it. I don't think this is the year they're gonna be starting CJ Stroud, a rookie quarterback who we know the Ravens history. We talked about it yesterday with Cody Davis of Locked On Texans for crossover Thursday. So for a much more immersive preview and, and a deep one, go into that episode from yesterday. But for this one, I mean, look, we know what happens with the Ravens and rookie quarterbacks. For the most part, it is very hard for them to – I mean, this is C.J. Stroud's first start. He has had no regular season NFL experience. He's going to have a very interesting introduction to the NFL here because while obviously Don Martindale was known for the blitzes and getting all these confused looks up at the line and either sending nine or dropping everybody but three – Mike McDonald still is aggressive in his own right. And I think the positional players, the, the veterans on this roster, they're going to be playing. I don't expect Marlon Humphrey to play. I don't think anybody is. We'll look at the injury report today and see. But, I mean, Marcus Williams and Roquan Smith and some of those other players, Jadavian Clowney, even a former number one overall pick of Houston, those guys are all going to have to get in C.J. Stroud's head. One of the keys for me in this game is to make C.J. Stroud uncomfortable as any team should be looking to make any young quarterback because if he gets in a rhythm, he can use that confidence and might elevate his game in that game in particular. Now, Houston, in terms of what they have right now and what they added in the offseason besides C.J. Stroud, they, they traded. It was a very interesting trade. I, I liked it for them. They took Will Anderson, the edge from Alabama. He's, he's going to wreak some havoc in the NFL. Again, I don't know what it's going to be like. This week, whether he lines up against Ronnie Stanley or he gets Morgan Moses, I'm not sure yet where they're going to put him. But I expect him to make some noise here. The other stuff they did in the offseason was they traded for Shaq Mason. They signed Sheldon Rankins, Jimmy Ward. And also they ended up trading away Brandon Cooks. They have Devin Singletary and Dalton Schultz now. So a couple of 
offensive weapons there too. But they are also dealing with a ton of injuries right now. They have a bunch of injuries to their offensive line. If the Ravens do not get consistent pressure, we, we've talked about this all offseason for multiple seasons. The Ravens have had struggles with generating pressure without blitzing. If Justin Manabike and Broderick Washington and Ndafe Owe and you know David Ajabo, David Clowney, if the Ravens cannot get front four pressure with what I think is going to be mostly a second string offensive line for Houston, it's already going to be an issue. And people will say, well, it's just week one. It's just week one. Sure, I, I get it. But that's going to be a huge issue if that can't happen. Now, in terms of what Houston did last year, I don't think this has a ton of weight because it's pretty much a completely different team. D'Amico Ryan's come in as the head coach. They have a bunch of new offensive weapons there. It's a whole new offense, basically. They were second to last in the league in rushing last year, averaged 3.7 yards per carry, and they were 28th in the league in passing last year, averaging 5.4 net yards per attempt. Again, it's a different offense. I expect them to have better numbers than that against the Ravens and any other team. But a key for me also is making the Texans one-dimensional. Take away the run game. Don't let them get a rhythm in the run and force C.J. Stroud to throw the ball. And part of that on the offensive side of the ball is, hey, go out there and score points. And for the Ravens' offense, it's just it's being within yourself early, kind of figuring out what's going right, what's going wrong. Lamar, all those guys, Odell, they haven't played in the preseason together. It was pretty much the joint practices, and that was it. So I think for what Baltimore has, they match up really well with Houston. I think some areas where you're going to have to look and see is, you know, Derek Stingley Jr. is a heck of a player out there. They do have a couple of safeties that can do some work. I mean, Jim, Jimmy Ward, we don't know if he's going to play yet. I think there's an injury with him. But the Texans are just so banged up right now. I expect the Ravens to go out there and, and win this game. Again, I don't think it's going to be super easy, although we do know the week one Ravens, week one Lamar Jackson go crazy sometimes. So could be like a 40 to 10 win, but I'm expecting my final, final prediction is 34 to 20 Ravens. I, I think that it could maybe be 34, 14, but I think that that's a fine Again, you only win by one, win by 30. It doesn't matter. As long as you win the game, that's what's that. I think there would be some overreactions if uh, the Ravens and the Texans, it was a one-point game and the Ravens just squeaked it out. But coming up in the final part of the show, we're diving into season predictions. Lamar, some of the players, we'll do a couple of team ones too. So be sure to stay tuned. A lot to get to on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And if you like daily fantasy sports, you got to check out Prize Picks. It's the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. All you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less in their projected stats, and place your entry. And it's really exciting, too. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. It's also really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entries in less than 60 seconds as well. So this week on Prize Picks, there are a lot of really good things you can select from. You know, For example, I like Saquon Barkley for more than 60 yards. And Aaron Rodgers, more than three passing touchdowns against that Bills defense. And Justin Jefferson... Maybe he struggles a little bit in week one under 100 receiving yards there. And Lamar Jackson for more than one passing touchdowns. And Odo Beckham Jr. as well, more than 50 yards there too. PricePicks also offers weekly promotions lead to big payouts like on Tacos Tuesday. Each Tuesday, PricePicks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more 
value. And I, I love Price Picks. Go over there to PricePicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to PricePicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. We're back here. It's our final segment of Locked On Ravens Purple Friday edition. Kevin Ostriker still here with you again. We are a five-day week Ravens podcast, Monday through Friday. Also, we're going to do some live streaming on Sunday after every Ravens game. So, and Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, and Sunday afternoon. We'll have it here for you. Live stream on Locked on Ravens. Also, after any big news that happens, we do live streams. We'll turn notifications on for that. And as I mentioned in the first segment, the big announcement, we're going to subtext. So it's a conversation between you and me. It's a personalized thing. I'll, I'll send out texts as well to everybody. My thoughts, just stats and, and news. Because sometimes you're not on Twitter to see the stats. You're not on your you know notifications. Don't pop up for a bleacher report or something or along those lines. So uh, it's for me, it's a text that you get right to your phone and I'll provide those updates. Also exclusive stuff like mailbags where I'll put out links to that. So if you want to support my work, support the channel, support the show and just support me in general, it's, it's, I greatly appreciate it. I'll put the link in the description below. Also I'll put out a tweet that I'll pin to my profile. You can find the link over there as well and see if you're interested. So I appreciate you if you do end up doing that. And I appreciate everybody for listening in general, audio form, video form, the same show either way. So if you're a YouTube watcher or an audio listener. Thank you for tuning in today. We made it right. It's the last show before an actual game, unless something crazy happens and I have to live stream on Friday or Saturday. We'll be back here on Sunday though. Live streaming, you can come in, share your thoughts on the game, share your thoughts on what the Ravens did, what they didn't do, what they, what you liked, what you didn't. So that's another area or at least an avenue for to interact with the show, the channel, and myself. But let's get into some season predictions for the Ravens here. I think it's interesting because as we've talked about all week, pretty much, this has been pretty much a prediction week for the most part. I think a lot of it has to do with, oh, well, what's the offense going to be and, and how's Lamar going to do? I think let's start with actual team projections for what the Ravens will do, what the splits will be. I think this is going to be a team that it's going to be more pass heavy this season, but I think it's going to be right around the 63-37 mark in terms of pass versus run. I could see is 61-39. I think it's going to be more of a split. I think what people have wanted for so long is just balance. And, and more balanced than the offense in general. It was just run, 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 run. And then when stuff started working, you, Greg Roman will go away from it. I think just the continuity, rolling with what's hot, all of that I think Todd Munkin is going to do. And part of that is just mixing it up, keeping the defense on their toes. I think the Ravens offense got really predictable. Lamar Jackson essentially said as such a couple of years ago in an interview with NFL Network. So I'm expecting, yeah, right around that like 63-37, maybe 61-39, maybe a 65-35. But I don't think it's going to be some crazy like 70-30 split or 80-20 or something like that. I think that'd be that'd be that'd be pretty crazy if it happened. But in terms of Lamar, it's interesting to talk about what he can do this year with an improved offensive weapon group, with just what he can do himself as a rusher, not to mention what he can do as a passer. He can do both very well, but for Lamar last year, he ended up throwing, it was seen him play a full season, obviously. He ended up only playing in 12 games, but threw for 17 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 203 for 326, and that was last year with the Ravens ranking 28th in pass attempts with 48. I expect Lamar's pass attempts to be more so up towards 650, 700 this year, because again, remember, 
The Ravens 488 pass attempts as a whole, and this is assuming everyone's healthy. I think Lamar right around 650, 700, maybe 600, right? Like that's where I think you could be maybe on the very low end 550. But I think Lamar last year compared to this year, 2,242 yards. I'd expect that more up to 3,500. I'll give him 29 passing touchdowns compared to eight interceptions. And I will go 880 rushing yards with an extra seven rushing touchdowns for him. Last year, for the rushing-wise, it was 764-3. and three. So I think he'll have more rushing touchdowns as a whole. But I think there'll be more opportunities for the offense. But, you know, again, in 17 games compared to his 12 games, in 17 games, he rushed for 764. Or he, in 12 games, excuse me, he rushed for 764. So in 17, right around 880, I think that's fair, especially with the with the downtick and rushes. J.K., on the other hand, only played in eight games, had 92 attempts for 520 yards. I expect J.K.'s carries to be up in that 150, 160 range. I'll give him 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns. I'll, I'll go seven for Gus Edwards. I'd probably have him in like the 120 range. I think it's going to be more of a J.K. Dobbins backfield. 110, 120 for Gus Edwards for maybe 500 yards and, and four touchdowns for Gus Edwards. Receiving-wise, I think Odo Beckham Jr. has maybe right. And again, we get, let's look at the catches for last year. The Ravens' wide receivers, leading wide receiver catch guy was Demarcus Robinson with 48. I expect Odell to have, I'm going to say Odell has 95 catches for 1,050 yards and seven touchdowns. I'm going to say Rashad Bateman has 80 catches. Yeah, 80 catches for 700 yards and six touchdowns. I'm going to say Zay Flowers has 75 catches for right around 650 or 700 yards with six touchdowns himself. So that, that's the big three there. Mark Andrews, I'm expecting uh, about 900 yards from him and uh, maybe eight touchdowns. You know, I think the volume will go down, but the efficiency will remain the same or go up there. And then defensively, I'd expect Roquan Smith to have maybe a hundred and I don't know, 120 tackles. Patrick Queen played in all 70 games. He had 117. I'd expect him to be right around 95, 100. Chuck Clark was the Ravens' second leading tackler last year, actually. So there's more tackles to be made up. I'd say Marlon Humphrey, if, you know, depending on timeline, maybe for him right around 70, 75 tackles, one or two interceptions, three forced fumbles. I'll say Marcus Williams has six interceptions this year. Kyle Hamilton has five. Adafi Owe, my bull prediction was he has 10 plus sacks. I'll say he has seven this year. Jadavian Clowney, I'll say, has five, but is a very good run stuffer. On the interior, Justin Manabike has six. Uh, Brazil Washington, maybe four and a half. So th there are a lot of players that can step up for them this season. And I'm excited to see who actually ends up doing it because when you talk about the offense, it's more, oh, well, this veteran there and that veteran there. It seems like there are more sure things. But on the defensive side of the ball, for example, like uh, what's Rocky Asin going to be and what's Ronald Darby going to be? How's Jalen Armour Davis going to fare? And, you know, for those younger guys like Travis Jones and David Ajabo, are they going to step up? You know, what's Brandon Stevens going to be this season? There's a lot to like about the Ravens. Still certainly plenty of question marks, but that's kind of where I have guys. And if you have your own that you'd like to put below, you know, on the YouTube comments or you can find me on Twitter or subtext as well, you can give those to me and I'll, I'll react to them for sure. But I appreciate everybody tuning in today. That's all I have for you. 
here on Locked on Ravens. Be sure to subscribe if you want to subscribe to the subtext. That's really awesome as well. I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to send out any, any text until someone subscribes, so then it'd be going into the void. But if you want to subscribe to that, I greatly appreciate you doing so. When we get back here, it'll be on Sunday, right after the game here, maybe a couple, you know, 30 minutes, an hour after. We'll be doing an instant reaction episode to the Ravens, either win, loss, or tie. Hopefully win. I predict they're going to win 34-20. So whatever happens, we're going to be reacting to it here live on this channel. Then obviously we'll have the regular show for Monday coming out. So a ton of Ravens content. Football's back. We made it. No Lamar Jackson conversation is in Baltimore for the next five seasons. And we'll hopefully be tearing it up in week one. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you right back here on Sunday on Lockdown Ravens.